gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody, once again to the 2019 football season. This is Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King, as we go against the spread on week number one of the National Football League season, week number two in college football. And with that, I'm going to welcome our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports back. Victor, before I welcome you back, how was your summer overall since we last talked here on the show? Summer was fantastic, Mark. Uh, we're excited to start the new season. We've had plenty of time in the summer to uh, dissect the opening couple of weeks of the season. we got newsletter Nirvana going on with the Playbook newsletter, the Totals Tip Sheet. This is an eagerly anticipated weekend for me, for all probably listeners, for you, this opening weekend in which we've got college football and NFL. For me, it's e- Easily one of the top three or four weekends of the entire year. I'm sure we'd throw in maybe, uh, oh, Thanksgiving weekend or the opening weekend of March Madness. But this is the weekend we've all been waiting for. We're ready to go, and we're eager to talk college football and pro football. Well, Victor, I agree with you. Uh, I was telling myself just that when I was working on this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. I know you got the totals tip sheet off and early running early Monday we were working on the playbook football newsletter up till late, late deadline on Tuesday. It was just a, a bunch of information we gathered together here. It's probably one of our most in-depth newsletters that we put together as far as reporting goes on the football games this weekend, college and pro. And I have to also say that uh, really mighty proud of our playbook football preview guide magazine yeah. for the 2019 football season. We put our guy, Baker Mayfield, square on the front cover <laughs> And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if one that's a kiss of death or two, it's because it was Baker Mayfield on the front cover. But we sold out of the Playbook Football Magazine this year, and they were flying off the shelves on newsstands. Our friends at the Gamblers Book Club in Las Vegas reordered four times wow. for the Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine. So it's been really, really well received this year. Uh, we probably have a handful of magazines in print still in stock. So anybody listening out there who hasn't got one and you want to score a copy, you want to log on at playbook.com or call us to get one of those very few rare remaining copies of the Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine, 256 pages, just jam-packed with a lot of good winning information. Check that out. And also, as I mentioned, we are working Burning the Midnight Oil doing the Playbook Football Newsletter this week. And in doing so, we are uncovering a lot of what happened last week in the world of college football and uh you know, a little bit disappointing for us as far as uh, our football football selections went. We went one and two, and we could have gone two and one had Oregon not fallen asleep at the switch late in the football game. But yeah, the bottom line yep. is, uh, the bottom line is, we didn't. So, uh, but in doing last week's card, the thing that jumped out to me, Victor, when I was going up and down the stats and logging them, there were fourteen teams last year or last week, I should say, that won the football game but were out yarded in the stats. That's called winning inside out. And I love doing just that. It gets us prepared for our midweek alert football newsletter where we feature stat logs and we keep a running uh, a running game-by-game, week-by-week chart on every football team and how they're performing statistically. And of those 14 teams that won games inside out, two of them won games despite being out-yarded over 100 yards in each of the contests. Wyoming was out-yarded 148 yards in their win over Missouri. That's really pretty amazing. And Nevada, surprisingly, was uh, out-yarded 115 yards in their victory over Purdue. But I think more important than that, Victor, looking over the slate of games that happened last week, is the fact that three teams opened the football season as double-digit underdogs and all each lost the football game on the playing field. And I think right at the top of the list would be Tennessee, a 24-and-a-half-point favorite over Georgia State. That was as humiliating of a loss as he could have possibly ever imagined to lose to a team like Georgia State, a low-rung Sun Belt Conference team, but nonetheless they did. I mentioned Missouri losing by uh, as a 15-and-a-half-point favorite to Wyoming. 
and Purdue losing his 11-point favorite to Nevada. But, Victor, I'm going to hand it over to you. Before I do, I think aside from those three teams that lost straight up as double-digit favorites, I think the most embarrassing loss might have been Florida State uh, in the manner in which they lost the game and the fact that Willie Taggart is on the hottest of all hot seats right now. Uh, I had tweeted out right after the game that uh, not only is Willie Taggart on the hot seat, but his coaching staff is wearing sweatpants right now. <laughs> <laughs> there's a you know there's not a real comfortable feeling right now going on with the football program in Florida State. But your your take, Victor, on what you saw in the opening week of the college football season this past weekend? What you know what happened in that game? Thirty-one points at the half of Florida State, zero points in the second half. Uh, a heck of a comeback by Boise State. And you know what? They jumped to the top of the group of five teams who, as you you know, folks know, the top group of five team gets that New Year's Day bowl game. So you got to think that the Mountain West Boise State team is the front runner for that. Maybe you can include Memphis as well, Mark. Uh, how about a win over an SEC team to start the season for Memphis beating Mississippi? Uh, so there's your... Maybe big two in regards to the group of five teams. I think the writing may have been on the wall in that first short week of college football games when Arizona went into Hawaii as a double-digit road favorite and lost the game outright as well. Uh, Maybe the writing was on the wall after that particular game. But you mentioned the upsets last week. Purdue was laying double digits on the road, lost outright to Nevada. You you mentioned the Missouri-Wyoming game. Uh, South Carolina, here's a weird one here. The uh, SEC may have been uh, top-heavy with wins last week, but the rest of the league did not do that well. We just talked about Mississippi losing to Memphis. South Carolina on a neutral field against North Carolina was a double-digit favorite and lost outright. You mentioned the Tennessee game as well. So uh, some big-time upset losses And if you take a look at the new AP standings, Mark, that just came out last night, the team that has uh, gone up the highest, a full six spots from number 16 to number 10, is Auburn, who was the beneficiary of that win over Oregon that you just touched on at the top of the show. I know Oregon was one of your plays, and it was one of the bad beats of week one. I mean, heck, if you had the Ducks last week, you were winning that game for 59 and a half minutes. They were covering the point spread for the entire game, except for the last, what, 30 seconds of play. But as a result, Auburn does go up six spots in the AP poll. The only other two teams who went up by two slots were Wisconsin, who went from 19 to 17, and Stanford, who went up from, uh, what, 25 to number 23, another team that uh, won late over Northwestern. In terms of teams that dropped the most in the AP standings, we just talked about Oregon. They fell from number 11 to number 16. Uh, Iowa State fell from number 21 to number 25, a game they barely won. I think it it took multiple overtimes to defeat uh, Northern Iowa, so the Iowa State Cyclones dropped by four spots. And the only other team that dropped by three or more was Florida who, of course, barely got by our Hurricanes a couple of weeks ago. They fall from number 8 to number 11. So not a lot of jostling in the AP, but there were about three or four teams that either went up or went down uh, multiple slots. Victor, one quick note here. You mentioned the Memphis Tigers, and they were a team that we had outlined in the Preview Guide magazine as being one of my top 10 ATS teams for 2019 And in our overview of the Memphis Tigers, we had mentioned the fact that Mike Norvell, their head coach, I think he'll be the next Power 5 head coach, especially if he gets the job done once again this football season here. You go up and down, you look at their schedule this year, they could very conceivably go undefeated this football season. Their biggest test will be at Memphis in mid-November, I mean at Houston in mid-November. If they can get in and out of Houston alive, it could well indeed be Memphis as that group of five undefeated team playing on a New Year's Day bowl game. We'll stay tuned and keep an eye on the Memphis Tigers and how they progress this football season. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, Victor, let's switch it over to the National Football League side of things, where the 2019 season will kick off officially Thursday night 
when the Chicago Bears play host to the Green Bay Packers in the 100th year of the NFL, and they probably couldn't have scheduled a better Thursday night game than the Packers and the Bears to honor 100 years of football in the NFL. And with that, Victor, taking a look at the Super Bowl odds for this 2019 football season here, uh, when we viewed the Super Bowl odds on Super Bowl day, uh, when the games are played, Kansas City was 5-1 to one and New England was 6-1. to one. This is before the Super Bowl final was over uh, in, in, in that, that particular day. New Orleans and the Rams are both 10-1. to one. Now we look at the odds today to win the Super Bowl, and what do we have? Kansas City 5-1, to one, New England 6-1, to one, identical to where they were on Super Bowl Sunday. But in the national or the NFC side of things, we find New Orleans the leader at 12-1, to one, followed by the Rams, the Bears, and the Eagles all at 14-1. to one. And then knocking on the door, lo and behold, look over our shoulder, Victor, there's the Cleveland Browns at 18-1. to 1. The highly touted Cleveland Browns this football season, Victor. i got to ask you quickly your take on where you think the Browns will end up or go this year. I know a lot of people are sick of the offseason Browns hype. Uh, if you are, I don't blame you. Heck, uh, let me approach it, though, from a native Northeastern Ohio person who's been a Browns fan uh, since he can remember football. Maybe 1963 for me, was uh, I was four years old, was the beginnings of my <laughs> love affair with the Cleveland Browns uh, and Jim Brown and Brian Sipe and all those great days. Uh, baby steps, that's all I can say. Uh, win the division, let's not even get that far. Let's take our baby steps. Let's improve a little bit. Let's see if we can maybe get into the wild card race and kind of go from there. So, no, we're not expecting, or I'm not expecting Super Bowl. Uh, let's see if we can uh, perhaps get into the playoffs and go from there. You mentioned the four or five teams in the NFC, which appears definitely to be wide open. New England and KC still occupying the top two spots. And, heck, if you're not excited for the NFL season in 2019, you're probably not alive. You're definitely not listening to this show. But you know what? I, 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 we touched on it a little bit before the show, Mark, and we're a little bit bummed over the control that some of these younger NFL running backs think that they have. And I'll let you, uh, you know, take your thoughts and applying them, specifically talking about the Melvin Gordon holdout and Zeke Elliott as well who appears will be re-signing with Dallas sometime today on Wednesday. You know, in our coffee club, it's our daily coffee club email that I send out every day uh, to a lot of subscribers. And it's my overview on what's going on on the card that particular day, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever the topics are, whatever the trends are. That's what we hit on in the coffee club. It's a quick read each and every morning. And if you haven't checked it out, do so. For the coffee club, it's only 10 cents a day. And it's really, really a great read for picks and selections and insight. Well, anyway, in the coffee club, about a month ago, I had made the comment about Melvin Gordon from the Chargers holding out. And it just absolutely incensed me that here's a quarterback that is still in his rookie contract signing and hasn't played out. He's still got two years to go on his rookie contract. And yet he wants a holdout and wants a new contract written. We saw the same thing with Zeke Elliott. These spoiled young athletes today don't even participate in preseason football games in lieu of holding out for a new contract. Zeke Elliott, two more years remaining on his rookie contract, and a spoiled brat that he is, he sits and he holds out, and what does is, what is Jerry Jones do? He caves in and gives him $90 million. I think it's an absolute farce, and I think my tip of the hat on this particular subject would go to the Rooney's Dan Rooney in Pittsburgh, when they didn't cave into Le'Veon Bell and his outlandish demands, I mean, he wanted to, all the guy is ever in is in drug problem troubles, and all he ever wants to do is miss half the season, even when he is playing. And they decided not to pay him and let him go out and let him find and fend for his own way. And I was really, really glad to see Pittsburgh take that stand. So it's my take, Victor, on where the modern athlete is today, the spoiled modern athlete who, when, you know, you and Victor and I, you know, we were brought up the right way with great parents, uh, ethic, work ethic, and everything like that. And when we put our name on a contract, we live up to the contract. We don't want to beg out and say that uh, there could have been a better contract that I could have signed and I want to rework this deal. 
that's not in our blood and it's not in our DNA, but it's not the case for the spoiled athlete today. And I don't want to get off on a soapbox on that, but to see Ezekiel Elliott sign for the Dallas Cowboys today just sickens my stomach. And I only hope that uh, in the bottom line is that Ezekiel Elliott doesn't benefit from this and the Green Bay Pat or the Dallas Cowboys, I should say, learn their lesson. So that's my spin on it, Victor, your take on what we're talking about, the subject of these athletes today that are holding out on contracts, especially during rookies, rookie contracts. You know, it also, it also goes against the grain of what constitutes a successful NFL franchise, in my opinion. Uh, what does Bill Belichick and the Patriots always do? They get the most out of a athlete in their first four years of their contract, their rookie contract. Running back is a position in the NFL where <laughs> – Man, their, 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 their average career is probably no more than three or four years. But do you know what New England does? When a player is about to reach the end of his rookie contract, they'll put him on the trading block. They will trade him away. The successful franchise in the NFL will get the most that they can out of a player in their rookie deal. And then it's time to move on, move on from that particular player. And that's why this thing with Zeke, is it, it doesn't quite make sense because once you get into that second contract, then you're overpaying and you're overpaying paying for position in the NFL, the running back position in which the wear and tear is so extreme that in most cases you should move on from that player after their rookie contract is over. And one more thing about uh, quarterbacks, it's the same thing with quarterbacks. You know, we drove into work this morning and we you know, of course, found out last night that there's a new highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. It's Gerald Goff of the L.A. Rams. He's now the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Is he better than a Aaron Rodgers? Is he better than a Roethlisberger? Uh, is he better than those quarterbacks? Probably not. But unfortunately, he's falling right into line with what happens in the NFL. You know, using this logic, you realize that the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL uh, in the next, what, 12 to 24 months is going to be Trubisky of the Chicago Bears because he's going to be the next guy to fall in the line and uh, come in for a, a contract extension, which, again, to me, doesn't make sense. Uh, play the, the, the player you have, get him off his rookie deal, move on to the next best thing. The Patriots have done it, and you know what they've done over the last 15 to 20 years. You know, you mentioned the quarterbacks, Victor, and I'm going to say this about the highest-paid contracts. We've seen uh, a progression. Aaron Rodgers became the highest-paid quarterback. Matthew Stafford then became the highest-paid quarterback. Matt Ryan became the highest-paid quarterback. And what did they all do? They all regressed. Their teams did after they signed those contracts. The bottom line is the player is not as hungry. Uh, He's fat, if you will, from a signing of a contract like that. And you don't get the same production from them as you did when they were in their younger, more athletic years, as you say. Uh, the key to the success, the value in smart money business management is doing good rookie contracts and then moving on with another good rookie contract from that point thereafter. Uh, I'll let this subject close. And, uh, you know, I hated to get off on this tangent like this, but it's really, really upsetting to me. And I'm sure it is to sports fans uh, around the country. We see that in just in the stadiums, in, in the empty seats that are being uh, seen by cameras nationwide in all these sporting events. Now, people are getting sick and tired of supporting these overpaid rich athletes who aren't producing like they should be. Uh, and also, Victor, I'm going to turn it back one more time here about the Cleveland Browns before we go to break here. Uh, this little stat that I had come across, and it's pretty interesting, about the, whether or not the Cleveland Browns are on parallel with a team, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, from 1989 to 1991, the Dallas Cowboys went 1-15, 7-9, and 11-5 in those three years. We're looking at we're looking at the Cleveland Browns, who look like they have a lot of the Dallas Cowboys in them this particular season, and arguably maybe more talent than the Cowboys did uh, when they ended up at eleven and five that final year in that year of progression. But looking at the Cleveland Browns team, it was zero and sixteen, seven eight and one, and what will they be this year if they don't fall prey to the hype and um, remain humble? And that was our whole key on our quarterback. Baker Mayfield cover on our magazine this year. He wears a wristband. That wristband says humble over hype. And if he can magnify that with the football team, they have a good chance of becoming 
the Dallas Cowboys of 1991 and the progression thereof. If they don't, they fall prey to the hype. It'll just be a, a story that everybody will forget about sooner than later. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't go away. When Dicker and I come back, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week. We've got a beauty. Texas taking on LSU. We'll do that in our NFL game. When we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. It's time to experience the all-new Playbook Experts VIP Experience. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread in this first week of the National Football League 2019 football season. Before we get over the NFL side of things, let's take a look at our featured college football game of the week. We've got a beauty on tap, as I mentioned. And the Texas Longhorns take on the LSU Tigers, two top 10 ranked teams going in at toe-to-toe this week in Austin. Victor, your take on LSU and Texas this Saturday. Well, if you ask me, it's truly the non-conference game of the week. You can make a little bit of a case for Texas A&M and Clemson, but LSU-Texas Hector right next to each other. Uh, it's a cliche, but it's an absolutely true one. If you ask me, welcome to a college football playoff elimination game. With a win by the Longhorns, Texas is back uh, in full force. We know LSU has a tough road ahead, but uh, the Florida and A&M games for them are going to be home games, along with their dates later in the year in Tuscaloosa. Uh, lose here, and it'll probably take nothing short of an SEC championship to have a shot at the college football playoff. So the first thing I would submit to you, Mark, is let's take a look at the line. LSU minus three has gone up to about six. That's a pretty hefty line move. Over underline open 54, up to 55. Two teams both ranked in the top 10, LSU number six, Texas number 10. Does Texas have any running backs left? Uh, I know that, uh, you know, Sam Ellinger may be the team's most dangerous rushing option overall, but the Longhorns, man, oh man, they've gone through an insane array of injuries that have basically completely decimated their running back core. And uh, more than that, the bigger problem for the Longhorns could possibly be on their lines. They got the talent like they always do on both lines, but LSU's defensive front is loaded with next-level nasty. When I say next-level, I mean NFL-caliber nasty. Uh, That is for sure. In terms of over-under results, both teams started by going over last week in their first game of the season. For LSU, the over-under line against Georgia Southern was 51 Final score was 55-3. to three. The game did end up going over the total by seven points. For Texas, they had that game against L.A. Tech last week. They did go over the total as well. The line was 55.5, similar to this week's line. Final score was 45-14 to 14 for the Longhorn win. The game went over by three and a half points. However, I will point out that uh, the game did go over the total because L.A. Tech scored one of those... Uh, who gives a crap TDs in the last minute of play. There's not much, of course, in terms of uh, historical results between these two teams. We got a Cotton Bowl appearance when they both played each other in the Cotton Bowl way back in 2003, but that is it. Uh, for Texas in that game against Louisiana Tech, they got their share of their offensive yards, 454 of them. But uh, I'm a little surprised that they allowed L.A. Tech 413 offensive yards of their own. It's true. Both teams dominated in week one. They scored a combined 100 points. Maybe that's why the over-under line, in my opinion, is about three to four points higher than it really should be. LSU, we're not going to ignore the fact that they closed the 
2018 season on an 0 and 4 run. They went under in each of their last four games, including their bowl games. Uh, three and nine to the under for LSU off a straight up win of 20 or more in their last game. What I really like about Texas is we can go back far. We can use a big sample size in our database in regards to the Longhorns, and they are as reliable as profitable as any other team is in college football playing at home and going under the total. In the last six years, the Longhorns, 67% under the total in every home game, 24 and 49, 24 overs, 49 unders. And as, as I mentioned, that's a solid sample size. So, you know, give me the Longhorns playing in Austin, and I'm going to think under first. Also, 5-23 and 23 in their last 28 games when playing off an ATS win. Also, 2-10 and 10 to the under after passing for 280 or greater yards. You can see which way we're leading in this particular game, and that is the under. We got the game finishing somewhere around 50 to 51 points. Let's not forget that LSU is widely considered as one of the best defenses in the country. I know both quarterbacks lit it up last week. That only does anything but increase the value for us in this particular game. But, yeah, Mark, we're leaning under as LSU plays Texas, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, ABC TV, Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. And, yeah, we're going under with the uh, Tigers versus Longhorns game. Victor looks under the total in the big LSU-Texas showdown game Saturday night, a football game where we see the over-under total sitting about 50 or 55-and-a-half as we do the show right now. Uh, looking for a low-scoring defensive battle in that contest. As Victor mentioned here, this Texas football team is really absolutely decimated with running back injuries going into the contest. Uh, it's a good guess that they have basically one healthy running back right now. They are going to rely on a couple of walk-ons going into the game. They've lost three running backs that all figured to get playing time this year. Kirk Johnson, Keontae Ingram and Jordan Whittington. Whittington just announced out four to six weeks with a groin injury. He was going to be the horse this week until that injury happened. So Tom Herman will have his work cut out for him, undoubtedly, against his staunch LSU defense. LSU comes into the football game with a glaring stat. If you take a look at them in game two of the football season from the Playbook Football Newsletter, the Tigers are 26-1 and straight up and 17-3 and one against the spread in game two of the season here. They're also a perfect 4-0 straight up in ATS, their last four games against Big 12 opposition. The monkey in the wrench, however, is Ed Ogeron, the head coach, who we always continually find ways to end up fading Ed Ogeron for one reason or another. The reason this week might be the fact that he's just 2-8 and eight against the spread against winning non-conference opponents that are coming off a win. He'll have to overcome that number in this football game. For the Texas Longhorns, they're in this rare role that Tom Herman just excels with. That's as an underdog in his career. Tom Herman, 13-2 and two against the spread, taking points. And with 10 of those wins coming straight up of those 15 times he's been the underdog, a perfect 7-0 as an underdog in non-conference football games. You're also talking about a nice angle inside the newsletter. We got it from our well-oiled database this particular week. Game two of the college football season, home dogs that scored 40 or more points in game number one of the season are a nice 36-19 and against the spread. Bottom line to me, in this football game, Tom Herman is 23-4 and straight up at home in his career with only one loss by more than four points. That makes him 26-1 and to this number here, which cancels out LSU's 26-1 and number in game two of the season here. With that, I'll rely on the home crowd, the home field for Texas, and I'll be taking the points with the Longhorns in this football game. Hey, don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear down our NFL Game of the Week. It's the Sunday night showdown between New England and Pittsburgh. You don't want to miss that. With that, we'll be back with more here. Mark Lawrence against the spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. 
Only at Playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook experts' picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. Simply visit Playbook.com and click on the Tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Andy's statistical and fundamental take on every week's football card is comprehensive and visionary. Many say it's like money in the bank. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. Hi, everybody. Mark Lawrence back once again with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this first week of the National Football League season for 2019. And with that, let's move on to our NFL Game of the Week, and we've got another dandy on tap. Sunday night when the New England Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions, play host to their nemesis, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Victor, your take on this primetime showdown between the Patriots and the Steelers. Great game to start the season on Sunday night, huh? Patriots and Steelers, man, oh man, uh, five and a half. I'm showing New England right around five and a half point home favorite right now. Over underline opened at 51, and that's basically where we currently are. There's even a couple of 50 and a halfs out there. So 50 and a half to 51 points. I touched on this game very briefly in our totals tip sheet, indicating that this could very well be a Sunday night TV totals trap. We know the tendency towards some of the squares out there to bet over the total in every nighttime, primetime, nationally televised game. I think that'll probably be the case this particular week, increasing the value on the side that we like, which is the under. Let's not forget that uh, these two teams play each other basically every season. They've played each other four times in the last four years. The average line in a Pittsburgh New England game is 52 and a half, right around this week's line. Average score, 42 and a half. So the average game has gone under the total by 10 points per game, each of the last four meetings have gone under the total between these two particular teams. Now, heck, I know Ben Roethlisberger led the NFL in passing yards last season. He averaged 321 yards per game, finished with over 5,000 passing yards. Guess what, folks? He was held to below 250 yards just one time in Week 15 against the Patriots. Now, I know they only had the, what, 22nd-ranked pass defense last season, yet they continuously match up very, very well against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, how do you get to Brady? How do you rattle a team that you would think can't be rattled? You get to the passer, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have the best pass rush in the NFL over the last two seasons. They tied the Chiefs last year for the most sacks with 52, Back in 2017, they beat out the Jacksonville Jaguars for the sack crown with 56. Their pass rushers have been on a tear in the last two seasons. And, heck, they're only getting better. Now, remember the good old days when we used to basically blindly play every single New England Patriot game over the total, and we cashed 65 to 70% of the time? I, I remember those great days. In the period of 2006 to 2012, New England games went 72 and 38 over a seven-year period. Tremendous over numbers. But we never fall in love with a particular team and their over-under results in a particular era. This is a team that's definitely been skewing under in the last two years. The Patriots have gone 8-20 and 20 in their last 28 games. They were one of our favorite under teams last year. And in fact, in the last five weeks of the season, we went under in three out of five New England games and cashed the under in three of those games as well. They were 5-11 and 11 last year in the regular season. That's five overs, 11 unders. They were the number two under team in the regular season next to the Denver Broncos who went 3-13 and 13 over under. 
the Patriots, when not priced as a big home favorite, let's say they're favored by eight points or less, one and seven over under in the last two years, including a perfect zero oh and seven when the over under line is fifty nine or less points. If this game were reversed and it may be played in Pittsburgh, I might be tempted to go the other way, Mark, but I am not because. Pittsburgh is an entirely different offensive team when they are on the road. 7-25-1 in their last 33 road games over the last four years. We always look to go under when Pittsburgh is on the road. And in fact, against conference opponents, fellow members of the AFC, in this same time frame, 3-20-1 versus the AFC for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's three overs, 20 unders. One tie in conference play. You know which way we're leading. Now, I would perhaps, Mark, hold off on my play right now. I mentioned the lines at 15.5 to 51. I say that because there's a good chance, this being a Sunday night primetime game, that the line will go up by a half, maybe even a full point, on Sunday game day. Our target line in this game is, can we get it up to 51.5 or 52 points? in which case we would then make our move on the under. So let's hold off, follow the line move. If you see the over-under line going up, let's hold off, wait till it reaches its zenith, and then go under the total. But you know which way we like. This could be a Sunday totals trap if you like the over. We're going Pittsburgh, New England, under the total. I like it, Victor. Zenith. That was the first television I ever saw watching television as a kid. <laughs> it was a Zenith television. <laughs> but a great call on this game here. I love that stab Pittsburgh on the road, 725 and one to the under. Totally different dichotomy for Pittsburgh home and road, as Victor points out in their football games. Wait for 51 and a half in the game, go under the total, says Victor King from the totals tip sheet. Taking a look at the game itself for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in. There's two quarterbacks that are going to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks going toe-to-toe against one another in this game. Ben Roethlisberger, about 34-18-1 to the spread as a dog in his NFL career. Better yet, in those 55 games, he's won 30 of them straight up as an underdog. So taking points does not phase Ben Roethlisberger. That just means the opposition is better, and the better the opposition, the better Ben Roethlisberger plays. Pittsburgh's downside when they've been... uh, Playing in football games, if you take a look at them, they have, they're have they going into revenge this football contest here. They did beat New England 17-10 to 10 last year uh, at home, so this will be revenge for the New England Patriots coming into this particular football contest. Speaking of dogs and Ben Roethlisberger, how about 8-3-1 to the spread as a dog of three or more points in Sunday night football games? Tom Brady enters the picture here dominating Pittsburgh in his National Football League career. 14 games, he's gone 11-3 and three straight up, 9-3-2 and two against the spread. The downside for New England here is they've really been dismal as a favorite at home on Sunday night football, just 7-12 and 12 against the spread, 3-8 and eight to the number the last 11 games that way. Also, bottom line to me, when you're talking about Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger as a dog, The last two years, Pittsburgh has been a road dog in the National Football League five times. They've won four of those games straight up on the money all five times. My money will be on Pittsburgh plus the points in this football game Sunday night, and I believe we'll be able to see six points by the time the game plays. With that, join me with Pittsburgh plus the points over New England on Sunday night. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas and join with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy uh, had a great time with him in Las Vegas. We were out there with Mark Jr., myself, and some good friends for the Superbook Contest week, and we had a great time eating a lot of good food, spending time with the sports books, and getting ready for the football season. And with that, Andy, I'm going to welcome you to the show and to the 2019 football season. And after reading your newsletter, I can tell you're all set for the season ahead. Mark, good morning. It was great to see you and uh, looking forward to the start of the NFL season. We got through college week one and now the big boys show us uh, how it's done and it'll be an interesting and exciting and hopefully very profitable four month journey. 
We hope it will, Andy. We talked a lot of football when we were out there. Now the time is here right now, the first week of the National Football League season. And I have to say this, pass this note along to our listeners here. I received a copy of Andy's Logical Approach football newsletter today. And you talk about a wealth of information in this newsletter here. He tore down the National Football League playoff past histories and how teams have done so forth and whatnot. And in my in my reading, Andy, I noticed that you'd mentioned that uh, history suggests that almost half the teams that made the National Football League playoffs the previous year will not make the playoffs again this year. Could you explain or elaborate a bit on that and in part of your football newsletter this week about half of the teams probably not making the playoffs once again this season? Well, if you go back to uh, 1991 when the NFL expanded uh, its playoff format from 10 to 12 teams, and then you go to 2002, which is really now what I call the line of demarcation because we're now talking about with the uh, last time we had expansion, we had the realignment, the switching of divisions, and uh, et cetera, as far as creating eight four-team divisions instead of the six divisions that we had prior. Uh, if you take a look at the number of teams that make the playoffs from one year to the next, it's either six or seven teams on average. What's interesting, and I pointed out in the newsletter, is that we've actually had several mini eras. If you go back three or four years, we had a great deal of what I call haves and have-nots because you'd have a lot of teams, usually seven or eight, make teams over a five-year stretch, make it from one year to the next. Over the last uh, three seasons, I think we've had no more than uh, uh, six teams make it from one year to the next, meaning that of a possible 36 teams that could have repeated from one season to the next, only 15 teams have repeated. So we're seeing greater parity, at least in the last three years, than we had seen over the previous five years. But on average, if you go back to 2002, it's, uh, the n- number actually works out to 6.3. So about half the playoff field that made it last year can be expected on average to make it again this year. And yet at the start of the season, it's always easiest to make a case for the teams that made the playoffs last year to once again make them this year. And as a corollary to that, and I don't think I put this in the newsletter, but I know I spoke about it at a seminar that we did last week. If you take a look at the change in each team from season to season, on average, uh, there will be about half the league that will either improve by three or more wins from the previous season or decline by three or more wins from the previous season, meaning that, uh, in, in a sense, there's a great deal of change from year to year, yet at the start of the season, we always come up, we tend to always come up with the teams that were fresh in our mind from having successful seasons last year. So I think one of the keys this year going into the season is look for teams, especially good teams, that have a good pedigree that did not make the playoffs last year to perhaps bounce back and make them this year. And I guess, to me, the one team that comes to mind immediately in the AFC would, have, would be a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I agree with you, Andy, wholeheartedly, a team that didn't make the playoffs last year that had looked like a good chance to make it this year. And I know that they are your choice to win the AFC North division this year as well. And should that happen, they will indeed be participating in the playoffs this football season. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, uh, speaking about Las Vegas, there's uh, a new contest, a new kid in the block this year as far as the big football contest in Vegas goes. That's the Circa. And as we do each and every week, I know you give us a brief update of what's going on at the Westgate and the Golden Nugget. And this year, we're going to add the Circa to the list. And if you would, Andy, perhaps give our listeners a little bit of an overview of what the Circa is and what they'll be doing here in the near future. The Circa Mark is the newest entry into what uh, we like to refer to as the higher-end football contest. It's patterned after the Super Contest at the Las Vegas, uh, formerly the Hilton, then the the LVH, now the Westgate. Differences are that uh, unlike the Westgate contest, there's no no takeout. It's a 100% payback. Also, the entry fee, instead of $1,500, is $1,000, so it's a much more affordable contest. And for a good time this preseason, we thought there might be a nice overlay in the contest because the uh, sponsors of the contest, uh, Derek Stevens, who uh, is the owner of the D Las Vegas, the Golden Gate, is building the new Circa Hotel and Casino that'll be up at the end of 2020, uh, promised that uh, they would, the payout in total would be a million five guaranteed. 
in order to reach that million five, they need to have at least 1,500 entries. And for a good part of the preseason, even up until the past couple of weeks, it looked as though there was no chance that they were going to get there. However, it looks as though they may indeed get that minimum quota. As of uh, 11 p.m. last night, they had 1,450 entries. So they're only 50 short of, uh, of, of erasing what everyone thought would be at least a bit of an overlay. In fact, about uh, a week ago, it was about a $600,000 overlay because they only had 900 entries. So it looks as though they're going to uh, uh, reach and exceed that uh, that number so that uh, uh, there will be prize fund uh, uh, prizes added to the uh, prize fund. I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, the difference between the Westgate and the uh, circuit contest is in the payout structure. Uh, the uh, Westgate pays the top 100 places and ties. The Circa play, pays uh, the top 10 places and ties. But when you enter the Circa, you're actually entering five uh, separate contests. The main contest that I just explained, but also four quarterly uh, uh, contests, weeks one through four, five through eight, nine through 12, and 13 through 17. Each of those four periods uh, guarantee a prize of at least $50,000 for each quarter for whoever has the best record uh, with uh, with ties, uh, no tiebreaker. So if three people tie, they would split the $50,000 or whatever each quarterly prize turns out to be. So if you're not having a great season, but you get hot for a four-week stretch and it happens to be the right four-week stretch, in other words, if you're going to have a four-week stretch, don't get hot in week seven, eight, nine, and ten. Make it nine, ten, eleven, and twelve because that's the quarter for uh, the third uh, fifty thousand dollar payoff. The point is that you've got five opportunities: the regular contest and the four quarterly contests. Now, the field—it looks as though they're going to hit that fifteen hundred number. Looks as though the Westgate is going to be somewhere in the thirty-two, thirty, thirty-two hundred to thirty-three hundred. As of Monday. Uh, this past Monday at 4 p.m., which was the cutoff deadline for the final three-week mini contest, they had slightly over 2,900 entries, which was uh, a bit ahead of the pace that they had at that uh, time last year when they ended up with uh, sh uh, somewhat over 3,100 total entries. So uh, those are the uh, the two contests that are very comparable. NFL only, five selections a week. And, of course, as uh, listeners may remember from last year, the Golden Nugget contest has returned essentially intact. Seven picks per week uh, spread amongst college and pro football. Uh, there are no uh, totals in the uh, in either in any of the three contests. So it's sides only. The Golden Nugget allows you to mix college and pro. A little bit of a newcomer on the block, if you will, the Circa. And Andy, when we were visiting the Circa, when we signed up, uh, when you proxied for us when we were out there in Las Vegas, uh, it looks like it's going to be a, a Taj Mahal of sports books. What they're building there in uh, in the Circa downtown right now, the Circa sports book is being run across the street. I believe what's it called, the Golden Golden Gate or uh, Golden Gate and uh, the old Fitzgerald, which is now the D Las Vegas. Right, they're hosting the Circa for now, but come next year, uh, this super the Circa Sportsbook is going to be something that everybody that loves Vegas and loves sportsbook wagering uh, is going to want to see and visit. So we'll see exactly how that works out this year. And uh, Andy, any clue about uh, as far as entries in the uh, Westgate and the Golden Nugget, uh, are they going to exceed last year, be it fall a little bit short? What are we looking at? Not quite sure about the Golden Nugget. I know as of late last week, they had something in the, uh, I think, the mid to upper 200s. And they had a little over 300 last year. I imagine that they will uh, equal or exceed that this year, again, because it is the major uh, high-end college contest. Uh, William Hill runs a college contest. It's not uh, It's not quite that high-end. Well, the, the entry fee is half of the Golden Nugget contest. Difference is that the William Hill contest only allows you to choose from uh, 25 uh, key college football games for the Golden Nugget. Every game that's on the board is involved. And again, the fact that you can mix and match uh, college and uh, NFL games in the Golden Nugget does have that uh, attraction. Uh, as of uh, yesterday, they were, they were still slightly over 2,900 as of early in the day. Uh, they, I think if I recall last year, they got about... Uh, Three to four hundred entries in the final six or seven days before the uh, sign up for the Westgate uh, ended at uh, 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. And so if that pace is continued, they're expecting 32 to 3300 as far as the final number, which would uh, I think for I think it'd be the eighth or ninth year in a row that we, they will have set a record for the number of, uh, of entries. Nice to see that happening. Our good friend Jay Cornegay over at the Westgate doing a terrific job with that contest. As Andy said, it continues to keep growing week after week after week. 
no results to talk about here, obviously, Andy, because the football hasn't started this particular week. But uh, before I let you go, I know our listeners are going to love to know what you've got on tap on the National Football League card this weekend as far as a free complimentary selection is concerned. Well, I'm going to go to a, a Sunday afternoon game, Mark, and it's usually, for the last several years, as I recall, it's usually been the Sunday night game. But this year we're going to be treated to Pittsburgh and New England on Sunday night. And the NFC matchup between the uh, Giants and the Cowboys will be uh, one of the late afternoon games. And I'm going to take the uh, New York Giants plus the uh, points in this game. It is one of the games that I wrote up in the newsletter. And basically looking at what I wrote up is that this year it's the Cowboys uh, entering the season with the uh, uh, some sort of internal turmoil, although part of that seems to have gone to rest with the uh, uh, announced uh, signing of Ezekiel Elliott to that uh, uh, six-year, $90 million contract. Uh, Dak Prescott still, however, uh, pouting a little bit about wanting a contract extension of his own. Uh, but the key for me is also the New York Giants, the fact that they bottomed out two years ago, the final year of the two-year uh, Ben McAdoo coaching regime. Last year, uh, you had the uh, uh, the Odell Beckham uh, theatrics combined with uh, the controversy of uh, Eli Manning, should he or shouldn't be. Those issues seem to be behind the Giants this year. Uh, they, both uh, uh, Eli Manning and uh, the rookie uh, top draft choice of the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones, have looked very sharp. Uh, there's a good chemistry, a good understanding. Standing between those two quarterbacks, it's understood that uh, so long as Eli continues to produce at uh, a, a winning level, he's the starter. Daniel Jones will learn. They both are uh, uh, protégés of uh, David Cutcliffe, who was uh, a Manning's quarterback coach uh, back when uh, when he was in college and, of course, did the same for uh, Daniel Jones as the uh, head coach at Duke. So there seems to be a lot of uh, cohesiveness and harmony on the Giants, unlike last year. But one of the keys also is this line of the Giants plus seven, and now maybe when the uh, signing of uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, becomes complete, maybe we'll even see a little bit of a tick up in this line, and maybe we get seven and a half, but certainly at plus seven, this is uh, the largest line we've seen in this series between the Giants and the Cowboys going back uh, to 2009. These teams have met uh, 20 times since 2009, and in 15 of those 20 meetings, the contest has been decided by seven points or less, including both last season and 11 of the last uh, uh, 14. As I mentioned, the Giants bottomed out in 2017, going 3-13. and 13. Uh, They had all those issues last year. Uh, many of which have been resolved. And again, uh, the line has been seven or less 19 times in the last 20 meetings. So we're getting a line that suggests that there's a great deal of difference between these two teams. And I think that if you look at it on the surface and the fact that the last year's games were competitive, of course, the last game of the year uh, didn't mean anything. The Giants were eliminated and Dallas had already clinched its playoff spot and actually Dallas pulled an upset. I don't even consider that line because the Giants were big favorites simply because of the situation in the final week of the season. But if you look at how these teams enter of the season. If you take the opinion or have the opinion that the Cowboys are at least as good as last year, maybe not much better, maybe not less weak, and essentially the team that they were last year, and you accept the fact that the Giants appear to be improved over last year, and I think most people would uh, would have that view, especially with Saquon Barkley coming off of that great year, the rookie uh, year as running back and uh, looking to uh, duplicate or perhaps even improve upon this this year, that this line uh, should not be the way that it's been over the past, uh, uh, well, almost 10 years now, that basically uh, this line should probably be uh, four, four and a half if you want to take a look at Dallas. So I think we're getting some value with the Giants here, and I wouldn't be shocked with the Giants winning this game, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll look to take the generous points and be happy with a point spread cover. Andy Isco takes advantage of a line value in the game 19 of the last 20 times that these two teams have met. The line has been seven or fewer points, Andy, all over the New York Giants for his complimentary play on the show this week. And Andy, before I let you go, I know Victor has a question he wants to run by you on the show this week as well. Andy, a fascinating and logical approach, a big-time newsletter this week. We're out here to put things on the line, so let's get an Andy Isco Super Bowl prediction. What do you say? Well, uh, I've had this thought in mind since really uh, the middle part of the spring when the schedule came out. And it, it's, it's, it's always nice to try and find an attractive matchup that might surprise some people. But in looking at a lot of the folks out there, I seem to be uh, 
uh, with a quite a number of them. Don't know some necessarily majority, but I've got the New Orleans Saints uh, atoning for uh, their uh, improbable exits from the playoffs the last two years and facing the Kansas City Chiefs, who were a uh, uh, an offsides penalty away from advancing to the Super Bowl last year uh, when they lost in the AFC title game to uh, New England, the eventual champions. I'm going to look for a New Orleans-Kansas City matchup. Would be an intriguing and an entertaining matchup as you've got uh, uh, the old wise General Drew Brees taking on the young up-and-coming kid Patrick Mahomes. And I'm going with the New Orleans Saints to win their second Super Bowl. And uh, wouldn't feel too bad about the Kansas City Chiefs because I think the future remains extremely bright uh, for uh, Coach Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes and a very nice talent. I did say that if you wanted to go with a little bit off the grid and take uh, not what would be a huge long shot, uh, but certainly a a shot that could make sense because I have both of these teams actually making it to the championship games. Uh, How about uh, Seattle? Uh, defeating Pittsburgh in uh, possibly a little under-the-radar type Super Bowl. But the official selection, the one that I've played, is uh, Saints over Chiefs. Andy, that was my selection as well, the uh, the Saints and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Initially, it was the Saints and the Colts until the Andrew Luck stunning announcement came along. And so having to make a, a, an adjustment for that, we went to Kansas City instead. So let's hope you and I are thinking the same way when it comes to the Super Bowl this year, the New Orleans Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs. Thanks once again, Andy, for being on the show this week. I'm going to uh, wish you the very best of luck this week and uh, encourage our listeners to get online at thelogicalapproach.com and download Andy's newsletter just in time for the football season. Good luck this week, Andy, and we'll catch up with you next week. I'm sorry? I was going to say thank you very much, Mark and Victor. Next week we'll start having some of the recaps of the contest. We'll have the final numbers in so everybody will know what the prize pools are and what we're all playing for, and hopefully uh, for whoever listeners are in the contest, we'll see a bunch of you down here in January collecting some nice-sized checks. Let's hope so, Andy. Thanks again, and have a great week. We'll catch you next week. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I will put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, Victor's complimentary play, and mine as well. When we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football card this week in college football on Saturday. We call it At 17, named after Janice Ian and her big, huge song when she just turned 17 way back in the day. At 17 tells us to play on any college football road dog that has 17 or more returning starters in game two of the season if they're coming off a double-digit point spread loss. The 17 returning starter dogs, game two off a double-digit point spread loss, since 1990 have gone 17-3 and against the spread. That'll put us on BYU plus the points against a struggling Tennessee football team on Saturday. BYU for Awesome Angle of the Week on Saturday's football card. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap for his complimentary play. And before that, Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports and how to get a copy of the first issue of the Totals Tip Sheet this week. Absolutely. Totals Tip Sheet number one is available at the playbook.com website. And we're celebrating our new arrival with not three week one over-under plays, but we've got a bonus play. So actually four totals plays for week one. Totals tip sheet available at playbook.com, along with our current combined college and NFL issue of the Playbook Weekly Newsletter, also available $10 at playbook.com. And before we get to our free play, Mark, I just ran a couple of uh, systems in our database 
And in pro football, this is not a week in which you want to be laying the big points. You don't want to do it. I'm not saying take the big dogs, but I'm saying be very, very cautious if you're thinking about playing the big chalk this week. This is a week that's actually very good for the long dogs. In our database, I got the numbers at 32 and 13 ATS. That's 71% over the last 20 years for NFL Game 1 big dogs of eight or more points. Now, uh, this is a week in which there are five games in which a team is favored by seven or more. I just saw the Baltimore Ravens jump to a seven-point road favorite down here when they play the Dolphins. So that's going to be the fifth team this week that's favored by seven or more points. Uh, again, game one big dogs of eight or more have gone 32 and 13. They've gone 11 and one ATS since the 2012 season. That would mean this week Washington getting the big points against Philly. It would mean Cincinnati getting the big points against Seattle. Again, I'm not telling you to hold your nose and necessarily wager on these big dogs, but at least be very, very cautious if you're thinking of laying the lumber this week in week one. Now, with that said, we got a free play this week, and I know what you're saying. Hey, man, you mentioned you like LSU Texas under. You mentioned you like New England Pittsburgh under the total. Do you got anything for us over betters this week? Actually, I do. And we welcome Tuco to the totals team. You know, it's been a rough couple of years in terms of our dogs. My wife Sandy and I, two years ago, we lost her dog, Joey. Last year, we lost our big dog, Speedy. I'm still kind of grieving over. Earlier this year, in April, we lost our Chihuahua, Chi-Chi. So for a while there, Mark, we had four dogs in the King household, and we were down to one. But in May, we finally buckled down. We rescued a Beagle Lab mix. His name is Tuco. We're joining we're welcoming him, Tuco, to the Totals team. And, in fact, we've got a brand-new section in the Totals Tip Sheet newsletter, which is going to be Tuco's Team Total of the Week. Now, guys, gals, there are new ways in which you can bet over-unders in the NFL, fascinating new ways. You don't necessarily have to bet the game over or under. You can bet the first quarter over-under, first half over-under, second half over-under. And not only that, but you can bet on an individual team's over-under number. Case in point, Tuco's team total of the week. The L.A. Chargers are hosting the Indianapolis Colts this week. The Chargers team total is 25 points. And, man, our boy Tuco loves the Chargers over 25 points this particular week. You know, L.A. improved on offense by 4.5 points per game last season. Their average of 26.6 was the sixth highest in the entire league in their last 11 home games. The Chargers are at 29.0 points per game. In the last four seasons, they've averaged 27.3 in their game ones. And the last time I looked, the over-under line of this game was in the 47 to 48-point range. So we pulled this nugget out of our database. AFC West Division teams playing at home have averaged 33.3 points per game versus any non-division opponent when the over-under line is 47 or more points. That applies to the Chargers this week against the Colts. And speaking of the Colts, on the flip side, they've been a pretty bad defensive team to start the season. I know they've improved on defense this year. I certainly acknowledge that. But the Colts have allowed 34, 46, 37, 27, and 31 points in their game ones over the last five seasons, which is an average of 35.0 points per game. So we're taking the Chargers. We're taking their over-under number of 25, and our boy Tuco is going over the total. Chargers over 25 points, a little late afternoon action on Sunday in the NFL. And for our King Creole service, Mark, we've already got a three-star play for the Thursday night game, Packers and Bears. It's available at playbook.com in addition to the Total's tip sheet and this week's playbook newsletter. God love it, Victor. Two goes total teams play. I like that. A team play total on just the team itself. Tuco going over the Chargers 25 points for his team totals play for his complimentary play 
this week. And guys, if you haven't got a copy of the total tip sheet, you need to do so right away. Everything you'll need to know about NFL over under totals is inside the totals tip sheet. Get it now online at playbook.com. Okay, before I get to my complimentary play on the show this week, I want to remind our listeners out there that my friends at mybookie.ag, the only offshore sports book that I, Mark Lawrence, personally endorse, are offering playbook listeners and listeners to this podcast a big bonus this week. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag or call 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get your sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. And a big weekend it is on tap for yours truly. I've got my $99 Ultimate Football Weekend of Winners, which will include my NFL Opening Week Play of the Year. It'll be a top game play. Remember last year, guys, we were documented 18-3 and on top game plays last football season. This will be our first of the year, our NFL Opening Week Play on Sunday. Log on now for the ultimate weekend of winners at playbook.com or call the office toll-free. The number is 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the college football card this Saturday, we're going to go inside the state of Michigan and grab up the points with Western Michigan, the Broncos, when they take on Michigan State. As you know, that Western Michigan happens to be the number one ranked overall team in returning production of all FBS college football teams this year, a deeply, deeply experienced football team. Western Michigan is 4-2 and two to the number of the last six games against Big Ten teams. And in fact, their last two games at Michigan State when they played the Spartans, they lost by 14 and 13 points with less talented football teams. Michigan State comes into this game here. 0-5 to the spread is a favorite of 14 or more points. And they're just 2-10 and 10 to the number in the second of a three-game home stand. We'll take the points with the red-headed stepchild, Western Michigan, plus the points against Michigan State for our complimentary play on Saturday's football card. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Thanks for joining us for this week one edition. For our good friend, Victor King from King Girl Sports, who my sidekick who helped us with the show this week. Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas, providing the Vegas vibe. And once again, our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.